Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome to Maximize Your Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen. This is episode 207. Welcome back. Appreciate your love and support and everything that you do and all the emails that you send out. We've got a guest today. We have Michael Alden. Michael, are you there? I am here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's good to have you here. A quick intro for Michael. Michael Alden is the best-selling author of Ask More, Get More, and 5% More. In his latest release, Blueprint to Business, Mike sets aside the rainbows and sunshine and gets real about what it takes to make it in business. He shares his experience along with other top founders and entrepreneurs, offering practical advice from a real-world perspective. Come on, Michael. No more rainbows and sunshine. We love those. They make us feel good. <laughs> you know, listen, I love feeling good, and uh, it's a big part of success, right, being able to work that out. But uh, I think there are too many people out there in this world that are just trying to really give you the, the rose-colored glasses and, and, and the end result, but they really don't talk about what it really takes to get there. Uh, you mean I can't sit on the couch and think I'm the best and my business is successful and there's checks coming in the mail? I can't do that? Yeah, you can, but you'll never get anywhere in life. <laughs> you know, it's funny, too, about that. You see the couch thing. I see all these guys. It's a great thing out there from the couch to 5K. That's a realistic thing. For It's a great organization. You see people that you literally, if you're on the couch and you can barely, you know, move and they, they slowly, progressively, they show you how to run a little bit more each day, each and every day. And it kind of falls on, in line with my principles in 5% more. But you see all these guys out there. And it, this is really kind of how Blueprint to Business started it drove me and does continue to drive me nuts and i know i shouldn't care about it but i do because i care about people you get all these guys instagram twitter snapchat facebook whatever they're saying hey look you can go from zero to a million dollars a year you can go from zero to a hundred thousand dollars a year no you can't <laughs> and that's the thing people say well mike that's very negative said, no i'm not being negative i'm just being realistic if you're sitting on your couch today and you're saying to yourself, man, I want a million dollars or I want to make $100,000 a year, which is still a pretty decent living if you're single. If you want to do that, then you can't be sitting on your couch like you said. You can't be thinking like, hey, man, I deserve this stuff or I'm entitled to this stuff or this stuff is going to happen. Those are the types of people that are driving me nuts. And then you got these guys that I'm talking about that are out there trying to teach you how to be successful and they've never been successful at anything in their life. Yeah, like all those college professors we had are like, really? Have you ever done this? Because I don't think that would work in the real world. <laughs> I agree. If people are stuck on their couch, your family and friends are eventually going to haul you away to the funny farm because there takes some application and a few other things. So, all right, good information. Well, let's kick it off. We always have to ask our guests, what is the worst vegetable on the planet and why? You know, it's funny. I kind of play with my diet a lot, and uh, I was vegan for, for about a month, and I didn't think it was that difficult to do to be vegan. And, uh, and now I'm actually uh, more keto, which is the complete opposite. It was like almost no vegetables. So the worst vegetable on the planet, that's a tough one for me. I would have to say, even though I eat it all the time, is asparagus because of the after effects of asparagus. If you've ever eaten asparagus, you know what happens after you when you <laughs> eat asparagus. So I'd have to say that would be my answer. So it's not the actual asparagus, it's things that happen after the fact. All right, we'll buy that one. That's the first on exactly. the show, but we'll take that one. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, obviously, and we want to get into the tools that make people successful. Let's just back up a little bit. 
As people get into business and want to be successful in business, what would you peg as the biggest blunder or mistake people are making as they get into business? Because they have that passion, I'm sure, and they, they want to be successful. But what do you see with entrepreneurs as that biggest blunder? I think the biggest blunder, someone who has really made this same mistake, is being unrealistic. Okay, so you can be passionate and you can really love your business and you can just, you know, these people, a lot of times these people want to go all in and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. But the, but I think one of the most fundamental things in business that people need to really pay attention to is being realistic, realistic. And I said it like that, but you have to be realistic because if you're not, by the time you really figure it out that you weren't being realistic, it might be too late. And by the way, it's happened to me. I declared bankruptcy with one of my first businesses because I wasn't being realistic. I, I envisioned myself being this baller up in the clubs. It was a liquor product that I had, and I was going to be surrounded by girls. And I was going to make all this money, right? But I just wasn't being realistic about what it really took to be successful. So the first thing you need to do as a business person is you have to really look inside yourself and say, what I'm doing right now, what I'm thinking about, is it realistic and can I do this? You know, people say again, they say, Mike, sounds, man, it sounds sounds like you might be you know, a little bit of a hater or a little bit negative. No, 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 I'm, none of that stuff. You want to be the president of the United States? You know, I talk about this in the book. You want to be the president of the United States? Fine. That is a very unrealistic goal, but it's possible. So if you want to be the president of the United States, then you need to think about what you need to do. So when I'm talking about realistic, let's think about what you need to do in order to get there. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs, they have the pie in the sky. They're really excited. Of course, their idea is the best idea in the world. It's going to conquer the world. Like you said, you're going to have girls all around you. How do you get an entrepreneur, someone who has the greatest idea in the world, in, in their mind anyway, how do you get them to reality, to that realistic zone? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And for me, I think what it is, is you need to have almost a third party, a mentor, right? People always talk about mentors. And for me, that's really what it was. I had someone, look, I'm 42 years old. I still have a lot to learn. I've done some great things in my life and, I, and I'm continuing to do great things, but I don't know everything. Okay. Nobody knows everything. Okay. The most successful people in the world have mentors. When, when you look at professional athletes, right? Tom Brady, who just had another great win. Okay. He has a coach. Okay. And then he has multiple coaches and he has nutritional. Co so everyone, everyone is always learning from others that have more experienced than us. So what I say to people is like, look, definitely try and find a mentor in whatever business you're involved in. A wise man once said to me, the best experience is the experiences of others. And so when you can learn from other people's mistakes and even other people's successes, you will be successful. So the best way to kind of really kind of put yourself in check, and by the way, sometimes, not all the time, but a few times, not by my own accord. In other words, go back to the day when I, when I declared bankruptcy almost 15 years ago. I was forced, essentially, to declare bankruptcy. So someone else made the decision for me. You never want someone else to make the decision for you. So if you have a mentor, if there's someone else that's actually done it before, that is really kind of the best way to kind of put yourself in check. Because look, as entrepreneurs, all right, we're type A personalities. We have big egos, and, and and sometimes it just you know it blinds you. By the way, actually, it's funny you say this because this morning I was saying to myself on this other business venture, I'm really excited about. It. I said, man, is it crazy? Like, am I being crazy? I had one of my one of my executives say, Mike, you really want to do this? And I'm like, you know, let me think about it for a second. Yeah, yeah I do, <laughs> but I thought about it. And that's the thing I love about mentors, and I agree. You can learn from the school of hard knocks, and that doesn't always work out. And that could take two, three, four years in a bankruptcy or lost cash or find someone that's been there that's done that and that makes all the difference in the world whether it's sports whether it's business or any aspect of life and that's a great shortcut for anybody no matter what you're trying to do or to achieve mentors is where it's at finding the people that have done it and create that shortcut be very helpful so can i just can i just I expand on that real quick can i expand on that Absolutely. real quick too is people 
because here's the thing about a mentor. Everybody says this, right? It's not, it doesn't sound unique, right? Here's the thing. Let me tell you how I got my first mentor, okay? I'm an attorney by trade. Graduated law school. I passed the bar exam. I didn't pass the first time. It's a whole part of my story. But so second time around, I'm actually practicing law. I know nothing about being a lawyer. That's the craziest thing. But you go to law school, you do all this stuff, you spend all this money, and you get out and you realize, man, I have no idea what I'm doing, okay? I got lucky, and I was, I was working in-house at a company, and they had outside counsel. And I, I literally didn't know any other lawyers. And so they had outside counsel. So I, I reached out to this guy. I actually I emailed him, and I said, look, my name's Mike. I'm now working in-house for this company. I literally have no idea what I'm doing. Now, to say that as a lawyer, as somebody who did all the things that I need to do, they say it's the lawyers are in like the top 1% in the world as far as education. Whether they're smart or not is a whole nother, whole nother t- topic. <laughs> but I actually literally said, look, I need help. Okay, so don't be afraid to do that because as an entrepreneur, as someone who, who has a lot of pride, and we all do, and we all have these big egos, you have to ask because – there are so many more people out there that know it better than you. And I, what I found is, is the successful people, the ones that are better than you or the ones that have already done it, they will help. Even if they're like competitors. I've had competitors in previous businesses help me and reach out to me because they know what it's like because someone else helped them. So please, as an entrepreneur, getting a mentor is important, but you need to go get the mentor. So I literally said to this guy, look, you're going to be my mentor. And by the way, we're, we're now like best of friends. I hope everyone caught that. You have to ask the mentor for help. They're not going to knock on your door. Hey, can I help you? <laughs> can I help you make more money? You've got to ask them. And that's important whether you're in sales or you're talking to a top producer or a competitor or someone else. And you'd be surprised how willing they are to help and walk you through it. Like you mentioned, even a competitor is willing to help you out because people are programmed that way. And that's perfect. So find those mentors, create that shortcut, and that will definitely increase your success. So let's uh, talk about, as you get into business, and you mentioned a little bit about negotiation. One thing you said that was interesting I want you to expound on is you say getting comfortable with the worst-case scenario is a great way to negotiate. Explain that. Yeah, you know, so when I started my company back in 2008, I started with a little bit of money, with an idea, with a vision, with a plan. I wasn't a dreamer, okay? We talk about that maybe later on, but I had an idea, a vision, a plan, but I didn't have a lot of capital, connection capital. I talk about that in the book. I didn't have a lot of resources. When you talk about bootstrapping, like we really bootstrap our business. Like every week it was a struggle. And so we just kept getting a little bit better and a little bit more efficient and over time and it started to grow. But there were times where as a young entrepreneur, I was blinded. You know, at one point I was spending close to a million dollars a week in advertising and we're cranking and I had 200 employees and all this money's coming in. But because I wasn't really paying attention like I should, I was probably losing close to 200000 a week, right? That puts you in a hole, right? And so now you all of a sudden you owe people money. And if you don't have the money, what are you going to do? What I found, and I, by the way, I learned this technique as a lawyer. I had a, I represented a client and, and he was a bit of a maverick, so to speak, if that's a, a nice way to describe him. And I was defending a case. Uh, I was defending a case. There was no way we were going to win. And he said to me, Mike, listen, I don't care if we lose, but just put up a fight. Please just put up a fight. And so then when I started negotiating with the other side and I let them know that we were essentially our backs were against the wall, we we knew we were going to lose, but my boss didn't care. I mean, it sounds somewhat almost a little bit like a sociopath and it's pretty close, right? But if you can get yourself comfortable with that worst case scenario, especially in business, the other side 
turned a little bit. Now you're in an enviable position because now you can negotiate up from there. Because what, if you say to yourself, like, look, okay, what's the worst that can happen in this deal? Well, I can lose the contract or I can lose revenue or, you know, uh, I'm going to get, you know, the uh, loan's going to get defaulted on. Think about what that really means in your life and, and just really dial it all the way down and, and, and back into it, all the way down to your personal life. And if you can get comfortable with that, when I say comfortable, I'm talking about the type of comfort when you go camping and you're laying uh, laying in a blanket, the, the ground isn't so isn't so comfortable, but you can at least sleep. That's the type of comfort I'm talking about. If you can do that, then from there you can always improve. So a lot of this message is just dealing with reality, the worst case scenario. You can still maybe dream about the best case scenario, but I don't think you're big into dreaming. I think you tell people to stop dreaming. Is that a negative thing? Is that a reality thing? Explain that. Yeah, you know, look. This whole dream big thing or reach for the stars and all this dreaming part, look, dreaming is not a reality, okay? When you're dreaming, you're sleeping, you're not in a reality. So, so I say, look, think big, okay? I read a great book called The Magic of Thinking Big that kind of changed my thought process in my, in my late 20s and it really changed, uh, you know, really a lot of different things for me. But stop dreaming. So many people dream. You'd mentioned that guy on the couch thinking about, oh, man, I'm just going to make all this money. Those are the dreamers. You know, people say, oh, it's great to be a daydream and all this other stuff. No, look, stop dreaming. Please start thinking about what you want to do and then figure out how to get there because, you know, there are great guys out there that talk about this, but you only have so many days left on this planet and dreaming is not going to get you there. You can dream whatever you want. I said, look, when I was a kid, I grew up really poor and when I was a kid, I used to dream about being rich, about winning the lottery. I used to dream about, you know, buying planes and dream about buying my mom a house and having all these things that I wanted. That was a dream. When I started to realize that I needed to do things in order to change my reality, then things really started to change for me. So rather than dreaming about it, let's start thinking about your reality and then change your reality by doing things. And once that starts to happen, then the dream that you had actually become a reality. So please, it's not a negative thing. It's, it's a realistic thing in life. You want to think like I go back to the president thing. You want to be a millionaire. You want to be the president. You want to be the next Elon Musk or whoever – you can be all – I'm not saying you can't be all that stuff, but don't dream about it. You need to think about the realistic nature of it and then do those things. So is that kind of like just creating that goal, discovering what you want, reverse engineering exactly how to get there? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly – in 5% more, my, my previous book, you know, I talk about really kind of how to set goals. And, and so you know, a lot of people really need that, right? They need that specific roadmap. And so you have your base level goals and you have your, you know, your kind of like your mid-level goals and then people have what, you know, what they call the stretch goals. I'm not a big fan of the stretch goals, right? I like to think about today and now. Let's think about what we can do today to change tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day and the next day and then eventually you can compound it. So you can actually write down whatever it is you – wherever you want to be in you know, five years, which, which – I, I Again, I think it's too abstract. I think you really need to kind of break it down on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis. And the reason why I say that, and because I've, you know, I've run pretty large organizations, I've been in sales my whole life. And when you start to think of it on, on what I like to call a 5% more micro level, when you start thinking of it like that, you can check yourself. And we talked about earlier about being an entrepreneur and like, you know, what's the best way to kind of put yourself in check. This is one of the ways to do it. So you say, look, here's what I'm going to do today, right? And let's say you didn't accomplish that today. Well, why? And you go back and you say, well, why didn't you accomplish that today? And let's fix it. Rather than saying, hey, in five years, this is what I'm going to do or this is where I'm going to be without a specific roadmap or a blueprint, <laughs> so to speak. Again, it becomes more attainable, becomes more realistic. And if you are making those mistakes, you can see it, right? Because five years out, 10 years, like people say, what do you see in five years? I have no idea 
where I see myself in five years and say, wow, that's crazy. No, that's not crazy. I, I know where I'm going to be today. I know where I'm going to be tomorrow. And I know where I want to be in a, you know, a week from now. All right. You need to like think about it on a micro level. And here's the, here's the best part about this. The science agrees with me on this stuff. This is how our brains work. When it's so abstract and way out there like that, we have a very, very difficult time trying to, trying to really con- truly comprehend it and put it in our brain so that our neurotransmitters can work the way we want them to work and our brains can work the way we want them to work. Rather than you know, doing that, start on a small scale and then compound on that over time. Your life will change dramatically, but it really, really works. That's bringing it all together, and you said that you've been in sales your whole life, and one of the key factors, of course, to get a business going is learning how to influence and how to sell. So what did you say to our listeners who are in sales or starting a business? What are the key factors as far as influencing and selling people to believe in your idea and your business or your product? Wow, there's a lot to that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there is. In sales, I think one of the key things for me in sales that I found is really what really makes people successful. And, you know, right out of college, I sold cars. I didn't want to sell cars. And I was like, look, I'm going to law school and I have these big plans, right? And and I tell you, it was one of the best things that I did because I learned truly about the sales process. And I was in a sales job before that. I was a recruiter before that. So I'd been in sales again since I was a kid, really, from a paper route to lemonade to, you know, like all the other classic entrepreneurial type stuff. But one of the things that I think that a lot of, especially even the younger generation now who really just want to just skyrocket and go from zero to 100,000 is in sales. One of the best things you can do, whether you're trying to sell somebody or, or not, or really developing a relationship, is, is really building a rapport with the individual that you're dealing with. So in my book, again, I talk about, and I learned this from a good friend of mine, his name is Larry Benet, he's one of the most connected guys I know, and he talks about connection capital. So if, you, if you're able to really build a rapport with people, meaning like get to know the person, rather than just coming in and hitting them, you know, trying to sell them something, let's learn about that person. Let's learn about what they do. Let's learn about their life. It might not yield a sale right then and there, but over time when you do it, it's a lot easier to sell to your friends, people that you've, that you've known over time than it is to sell to a stranger. So let's, let's work on the rapport building aspect. And I know your company, or your business may have a certain system that may, you know, that may fall outside of this, but any good sales system will show you that building a rapport is really kind of one of the key principles to selling. And there's so many reasons why, but one of the big reasons in a, in a, in a bit of a, a faster sales type cycle like a car is, is if you're able to build a rapport with somebody quickly, like on a Saturday afternoon, someone comes on the car lot and you're able to build a rapport with them, that person, their defense mechanisms go way down. And now they trust you and now they like you and now you start to know them. And by the way, that car that you sold them that Saturday, four years from now, they're going to come back to you. At the end of the day, that's the key, right? The sell through, being able to have those people come back to you. And I saw some of the most successful car sales guys when I was younger. You know, these guys were in, the, in my 40s and at the time they were in their 50s. They barely, they never talked to anybody new. It's because they had built rapport with so many customers over the years that everybody always came in and they asked for them. So rapport building is really one of the key fundamental things that you need to work on. And that's key. And whether you're in sales or in business, when they like you, They'll return to you. They'll want to do business with you, and that is a key factor. So I agree with that 100%. Mike, what is the one thing that we miss? What, what is the one thing you want our listeners to know? You know, I don't think – I don't think I don't know. I don't think we necessarily missed anything. I, I, well, first of all, I, 
for me, again, it's like it kind of goes back to what I was talking about before. And I'm just your normal, average, everyday guy. I grew up, you know, with nothing, surrounded by crime, drugs, and violence. Literally, when I was born, the doctors told my mother not to expect anything. And so from day one, I always kind of had the deck stacked against me, right? What I realized was is that in order to be successful, when I saw other people from when growing up in the projects, this, you know, being able to see some of my coaches and some other people outside of that environment, what I really figured out was, and, and Harvey McKay talks about this, I spoke at an event with him, and, I, and it really kind of resonated with me, there is no secret pill. There is no secret formula to success. In my book blueprint, in my book blueprint to business, and my other books, you know, it, there, there are things in there that I've done throughout my life. But at the end of the day, I've learned these from everybody else. But really, again, it sounds so cliche-ish. It truly comes down to taking action. And I'll just break it down for you real quick. People say, "Oh, taking action." Well, there's two ways I, I think about it. And we talked about dreaming a little bit earlier. The first part of it, really is to be able to visualize yourself in whatever it is that you want to do, right? So if you want to be the sales manager, if you want to be the CEO, if you want to be the vice president, whatever that is, start to think about what that feels like, okay, and how you get there, right? We're not talking about dreaming. Like, what do you need to do in order to get there, right? And then the other part is, and this is the part where a lot of people kind of just falter because it's hard. It's actually doing it. That means if you want to be the vice president of your company, that means you're showing up 15 minutes early and staying you know, an hour late. That means you're doing the things that most people won't. Those are the successful people. In my, in my, in my book, 5% More, I don't really even talk about this, but I was talking to a friend of mine's father who's a very, very successful businessman, and I was kind of just telling him about my book. And he says, that's a great title. And he says, Mike, you know what I call that? I said, what? He goes, I call it the last 5%. I said, what do you mean? He says, what I found in life, the successful people in life, it's the last 5% effort that separates the good from the great. In other words, you're working just a little bit harder than everybody else. And that, to me, really is the key to success, just doing a little bit more and doing the things that most people won't. All right, listeners, hope you caught that little 5% more this week, maybe today, just a little bit more than your competitors, maybe your coworkers. It makes all the difference in the world. So well said. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your books? You can actually find me at michael-alden.com. You can also find me on Snapchat at MikeAlden2012. It's M-I-K-E-A-L-D-E-N 2012. I'm also on Facebook the same way. I'm also on Instagram the same way. My book, Blueprint to Business, is available now for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. It's available everywhere. And I'm really excited about this book because I've really kind of I've cut out all the flowery stuff like we talked about. And this is real stuff that I've gone through, that I'm going through. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, if you're in business, if you're not in business, you can learn from this because it's probably the most honest book I've ever written. And I talk about a lot of the things that most entrepreneurs won't talk about, the mistakes I've made, the challenges that I've had, and how I overcame them. And I cut out actually probably almost 100 pages. My, my publisher wasn't too happy about that, but I cut it out because I felt as though this is the stuff that you really need. Sounds great. The non-sugar-coated version to be successful in life and business. Michael, thanks for being here. Really appreciate you and the words of wisdom that you've given us. Appreciate everything. And listeners, apply this information, use it, and go out and persuade with power. 